Welcome back to the Coach's Corner. I'm Peter Sachuk, your host and career development and training manager. Let's face it, stress sucks. It's something we all deal with at certain times, and if unaddressed, can have a major impact on our personal and professional lives. In today's episode, we open with a discussion around stress in general and why it occurs before shifting into the four common types of stress you will encounter at work. We'll also talk about how you can manage those stressors to prevent them from taking over other parts of your life. Let's get into it. Whether it is personal or professional, there will always be a moment where your mental, physical, and or emotional balance is off. But what exactly is causing this imbalance? You guessed it, stress. Stress is a feeling of emotional, mental, or physical tension you experience. It can come from any event or thought that makes you feel frustrated, angry, or nervous. In other words, it's your body's reaction to a challenge or demand. For example, if you regularly drive to work, some possible stressors could be the amount of traffic on the road, an impatient driver who cuts you off and gives you the finger, and or a slower moving vehicle in front of you. Each of these situations could create stress as you're getting angry at the traffic or drivers, thinking about how late you'll be to work because of it, and gripping the steering wheel so hard your fingers start to turn white. However, not all stress is bad. In fact, stress can be helpful in certain situations, such as avoiding or escaping danger or meeting a deadline. For example, in stressful situations, our fight or flight response is activated, allowing us to make the best possible choice to escape the danger by sharpening our senses and our focus. If you've ever been behind or close to meeting a deadline, you may notice your decisions become quicker, allowing you to focus on meeting that deadline without thinking too much about the smaller details. Unfortunately, it's when stress becomes a negative force that it starts to wreak havoc on our lives. But if you understand the most common types of stress and how to spot them, you can manage and lessen their effects. Dr. Carl Albrecht in his 1979 book, Stress and the Manager, identified four common types of stress we face in the workplace and how to manage them. The four stresses are time, anticipatory, situational, and encounter. We'll dive deeper into each one and learn how to manage it. First up, time stress. It is the most common type of stress we experience today. It is simply a worry about time or the lack thereof. It can also be caused by worrying about the number of things you must do in a certain time or a fear that you'll fail to achieve something important. When you experience time stress, you might feel trapped, unhappy, or hopeless. In my career, there have been many of times where I've experienced time stress, but the most vivid memory of time stress happened about six years ago. My team and I were working tirelessly on a new training program designed for employees to develop the quote-unquote baseline knowledge, skill, and ability we expected of every employee. We were under a tight deadline with a ton of work to do, and with one of our directors working three hours behind us in a different state and wanting to review our progress, it's safe to say time was a stressor. I specifically recall on deadline day staying at the office until 11 o'clock at night for my director to view one of the courses I was working on. She had given me a lot of feedback on the previous version that needed to be fixed before we could finalize the course. I kept looking at the clock, thinking of how much time and energy I had left to get this course done. 
Thankfully, it got done, but it wasn't without its mental and physical exhaustion. To manage time stress, the first thing you can do is to learn good time management skills. One of the most efficient ways to do so is via a to-do list. If you create an effective to-do list, you have a targeted mind for the day, week, month, year, whatever the combination is, and you know what needs to be accomplished instead of simply guessing. If you happen to manage multiple projects, you can create a project plan for each one to better identify certain milestones, deadlines, and tasks you can put on that to-do list. Another way to manage time is to devote enough time to important priorities. A good model for doing so is the Eisenhower Urgent and Important Matrix, which can help you identify which tasks are important, urgent, not important, and or not urgent. The model further identifies these tasks at things you should do, schedule, delegate, or delete. Finally, you can manage time stress by creating more time in the day. For example, if you come into the office at 9 and immediately are thrust into meetings, perhaps you could try coming in at 8 to complete the important things you must complete for the day. The same concept applies for staying late. If this is not possible, try to use your peak working time to concentrate on more important tasks. Are you more of a morning person or an afternoon person? Whatever fits your schedule, block off sections of your calendar as focus time and get those important things done without interruption. The second common stress type is anticipatory stress. This is where you experience physical or mental tension about something in the future, perhaps an upcoming presentation or meeting. This can also occur when you dread the future or worry that something can go wrong. If you've ever had that moment after you send an email and think negatively about the receiver's reaction, you've experienced anticipatory stress. At the time of this recording, it's safe to say I'm experiencing a bit of anticipatory stress with the upcoming launch of our new LMS and Emerging Leader program. Mentally, I'm trying to prepare myself for the reaction of both audiences to these new programs, but can't help but think of the things that could go wrong. Mentally, I'm trying to prepare myself for the reaction of both audiences to these new programs, but can't help but think of the things that could go wrong. Maybe there was a button I didn't select, or a concept I didn't address that leaves a bad taste in someone's mouth. While I'm confident things will go smoothly, I can't help but feel a bit of anticipatory stress, which I hope and actually know will dissipate after the program is complete and the LMS is up and running. To manage anticipatory stress, the first thing you should do is recognize the event you're dreading doesn't have to play out as imagined. You can use positive visualization techniques to imagine the situation going right. Using the email example from before, instead of imagining the receiver having a negative reaction, try to imagine them reacting positively to it. You put a lot of good information for them to process, and it was extremely helpful to them in making a key decision or improving a current process. Our brains can't tell the difference between this, so think of the half-full glass versus the half-empty one. Another way to manage anticipatory stress is to build confidence. Confidence, or a lack thereof, directly affects the stress you feel in a certain situation. For example, if you have a big presentation to give to a prospective client, overprepare. Make sure you know your material inside and out, so nothing is left to chance. If you expect your prospective client to ask questions, 
try to develop that list of questions with your answers so you don't have to fumble around looking for papers or reach out to someone and wait for a response. Finally, overcoming the fear of failure can alleviate anticipatory stress. Analyze all the possible outcomes and create contingency plans for each. Using the prospective client example, think of all the ways they could react to your proposal. If they don't show any reaction, perhaps schedule a follow-up meeting with them later after they've had a chance to think it over. If they react negatively, seek out what in the proposal caused them to react negatively. If this meeting is like driving down the road and you realized it's closed for construction at a certain point, make sure you know your detours and how to get back on schedule. The third common type of stress is situational stress, which is when you find yourself in a scary situation you have no control over. It could also involve conflict or loss of status or acceptance, such as being laid off or making a major mistake in front of your peers. Just before the COVID-19 pandemic last year, I was laid off from my last employer. I remember going into that room, thinking I'm about to have a team meeting, only to have the figurative rug pulled out from under me and find out I no longer had a job. This was the first time in my career, albeit short, that I had ever involuntarily left a job. There were a ton of thoughts running through my head. Now what do I do? How will I pay my bills? Where do I go now? Compound these thoughts with the idea of trying to find a job amidst a global pandemic, and you have a solid stress cocktail. To manage situational stress, learn to be more self-aware. Recognize the automatic physical and emotional signs your body sends out in these situations. In my situation, I remember my heart beating quite rapidly, feeling instantly dejected, and quite frankly, a little sad. Sad that I would be leaving all the friends I've made, and not by my own choosing. Had I recognized those in the moment versus after, I could have better handled the news being delivered. I know, I know, easier said than done. The last common type of stress is encounter stress. This is when you worry about interacting with a certain person or group of people. This frequently occurs if your role involves a lot of personal interactions with customers or clients. You may quickly feel overwhelmed or drained from interacting with too many people, also known as contact overload. For me, I experience encounter stress whenever I attend a networking event. Not that I don't like talking to people, but rather the thought of talking to people I don't know. I stress myself out thinking of things to talk about and trying to plan out questions in my head versus, when it's someone I know, having that background information already and continuing the conversation. At networking events, I'll try to pick out those I know versus those I don't, and spend most of my time with them. To alleviate encounter stress, the first thing you can do is work on your people skills. One of the most effective strategies to leverage is emotional intelligence. We have a great two-part series on emotional intelligence if you're looking for a place to start. Developing strong emotional intelligence, or EQ, can help you understand the emotions people are experiencing by asking key questions, reading body language. Developing strong emotional intelligence, or EQ, can help you understand the emotions people are experiencing by asking key questions, reading body language, and actively listening to the conversation. Another strategy is knowing when you've reached your limit of interaction. We all hit our limit at some point, 
whether we like interacting with others or not. Once we hit that limit, it's important we take a moment to pause, breathe, and do something else before the next interaction. It could be as simple as going for a brief walk, taking a drink of water, or meditating. Whatever works to alleviate some of that encounter stress. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Coach's Corner. If you'd like to learn more, please check out the resources in this episode's description or the Coach's Corner folder on the National Drive. See you next time.